0: Where it goes, we That's as organized as we get over here. All right, so to Jamie Stoller for sponsoring for sponsoring anonymously this morning. Let's look at Pesach uh, Shani, look at learning, him and his whole family, to only good things. Okay, so uh, there's a number of things that we have to talk about this morning. So we'll have to continue the, you know, the story of Sefer Yeshua that we're in the middle of. To continue from what we started from what we started talking about last week, number one, it's also Pesach Shani. so it's Chaval not to connect what we're learning to Pesach Sheni. And a couple minutes ago, I was told that it's Ramir yard yardside, yeah. So maybe we'll try to connect it to Ramir Valenz too. <clears throat> okay, so we'll begin with the halachah about Pesach Sheni. So we know what, what's Pesach Shani about. So we know the plusic says in, in Parshas Baloscha that the Jewish people were getting ready to uh, bring the carbon Pesach and they were yiddin that became Tomei to a dead body. That's a question in Chazal how that happens, were these people that were were they involved in carrying the bones of Yosef, were these people that were involved with dealing with Nadav and uh, uh burial and so on so it's not clear exactly who they were and what happened but Whatever it is, they became Tommy to, uh, to uh, Lenef HaShadam. They weren't able to bring the carbon Pesach, so they come to Moshe Rabbeinu famously, Lama Nigar, why should we lose out? It's not fair. We, we also should have an opportunity to have a carbon Pesach. So Moshe Rabbeinu says, okay, I hear what you're saying. So, Imdu V'eshma, stand in and listen to what the Rabbeinu is going to say. And uh, so fine, Moshe Rabbeinu receives the message of Pesach Jain, that despite the fact that Pesach is... Is the you know, Quran Pesach is brought in Eden, the 14th and 15th of Nisan. A month later, there's a new opportunity for those that are, uh, those people that, are become, that have become Tommy, that were unable to bring the Karn Pesach because of Tummah, or because they were in a long distance, whatever the Aynas is, they weren't able to bring it, so they have Pesach Sheni. So Pesach Sheni, as we know, is like a little bit of a funny thing, because it's not really Yontif. Even those people that are bringing the Karn Pesach and are doing Pesach Sheni, it's not like a full Yontif of Pesach. So there's there's halachas they can't have they can't have that 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 time and so on. It's a carbon pesach, but it's a you know listen it's a uh, you know it's a, it's a shiraim of pesach. It's a little bit of a, of a, you know it's second chances, but it's not the same as pesach mamish. So <coughs> there's a very interesting piece of the zarek kaddish in parshas baloyscha. Just a couple lines. Zara is talking about this this uh, of pesach sheni. And the Zohar says, the the Zohar makes a point like this. Says the Zohar, I might think, the Zohar says says a question, that maybe it's kadai for a Yid not to keep the first carbon Pesach and to put himself in a position, lechatchila, to have to rely on Pesach Sheini because maybe Pesach Sheini is even more great than regular Pesach. Maybe it's a higher madriga, the iris of Pesach, even greater in the second month. In other words, the month of Pesach Sheni, more than the first month. Maybe it's kadai to find yourself in a distant place on Pesach in order to put yourself in a position where you'll have no choice but to rely on Pesach Sheni. So this is our lavach. You no, know, that's not, uh, don't do that. The Yisrael, Zara, Kedisha, Avdu Pesach B'zameh. Kla Yisrael is, that? is that what we do. The Baruch Shem wants us to bring Karm Pesach at the right time. Do the Pesach at the right time. If you find yourself unable to uh, against your will, then yeah, we have Pesach Sheni. But don't put yourself in a position where you should, where you should be found that you're relying on Pesach Shani. That's a Zara. It's a Pala. Such a thing. There's a Zara's, the, no, the zar is making a point that that, that Pesach Sheni seems to be greater than regular Pesach, so much so that there's a hava that maybe it's kadai, maybe we wouldn't publicize this but maybe it's kadai to put yourself in a position where you're not able to do regular Pesach in order to rely on Pesach Sheni so what does that mean? I don't understand it in terms of like the halachas and like the the Yantiv. There's no question about it. The Pesach Sheni is much schwacher than Pesach Rishon. Pesach Rishon is a full Yantiv, it's a Lila Regal. It's a real. It's Yantiv. Pesach Sheni is a, is a shirayim. It's a, you know, it's a, it's runners up. You know what I mean? So, but there's a Hava that it's actually greater than regular Pesach. What's going on over here? Okay, so something, something strange going on with Pesach Sheni. Okay, we'll get that back at the end. So last week we were talking about the story of the Jewish people's. Uh, attempt to conquer the next city, right? So we, we went through, the, we conquered the city of Yericho, and then now they're up to conquering the next city, the city of Ai, right? So we talked about how something went wrong, by just very, very quickly to Chazer, very quickly the story, so Yishu Benun, when they conquered Yericho, he makes a cheirim, right? That is off-limits, all the property, all the money from the Canaanim that lived in Yericho, no one's allowed to take, no one's allowed to touch, and we, we saw last week that that Achan, there was one year Achan from the tribe of Yehuda, that he went against his cherem and he took a certain amount of money, clothing and so on in his personal possession, didn't tell anyone about it, but because of that the, the, you know, the shechina left Klai Yisrael, the protection and the strength of, of Hashem left the Jewish army, and the Jewish people didn't realize this, but they attack Ai, and they're actually, they lose the first battle and uh, so he mentioned that they clearly figured something's wrong and so the tells Shmuel tells Ben-Nun what happened, and Ben-Nun makes a guyro, like we said, to uh, to find who Aachen is, to find the uh, the culprit, and eventually he's killed by Besdin, and the Jewish people then go on to conquer the city of Ai, and the rest of uh, and the rest of Eretz Yisrael. So last week what we talked about. Um, we're not going to go through all the pratim we're just going continue, to continue based on the, the basic idea. We spoke about last week, what exactly was the fundamental Avera of Aachen? What did he do wrong? We, even in halacha, because we talked about this, that mm-hmm. technically speaking, since everything in the city of Yericha, all the property of the Ga'im that lived there, were, was usher for everyone, for the Jewish people, for the Jewish army to use it at all, so it's really ownerless. So it's not like Aachen is stealing from anyone. So what exactly is the avera? So we spoke about this that that the avera of Aachen was by him holding on to property and money that was owned by the goyim that, that lived in Yericha before the Jewish people conquered it. What Aachen is doing and what he's establishing is is that you know this land is my land, this land is your land. You know it, it's all it's all the same. Goy yid. Eretz Yisrael is a place on earth that, yeah, everyone has to have a place to live, so Yidin also have to have a place to live, but there's no essential difference between our relationship with Eretz Yisrael versus the Ga'im's relationship with Eretz Yisrael. There's no essential difference between a Yid and a guy because of that. We're all the same. Yes, we understand there's differences in culture, and there's differences in even, even what Hashem wants us to do in the world. So he recognizes that the Ga'im have seven mitzvahs, and we have six thirteen. But in terms of like fundamental differences between Jew and guy. Between Tariq mitzvahs and the and the and the Torah that Ga'im have between between our relationship with the Rebbeinu Shalom and, and the non-Jewish person's relationship with the, the Rebbeinu Shalom, fundamentally it's not the same. Uh, fundamentally, it's all the same. That, that's, that's, that's what Ochon is. That's, that's his avera. And again, that's what we spoke about. That that Eretz Yisrael has an ability of bringing out this unique nature and this unique relationship that the Jewish people have with their Rabbani Shalom, and by Ochon establishing that Eretz Yisrael, it could be anyone's. It could be anyone's. Yesterday it was the Canaanim's and now it's Klai Yisrael's, but it, it, nothing really fundamentally changed. By, by, by doing that, that means that now not only is, is Eretz Yisrael and the Jewish people not a unique relationship, but because of that, fundamentally, it means the Jewish people and Hashem is not a unique relationship. Our, the, us to Torah is not a unique relationship. There's nothing, there's nothing unique to the Jewish people. We're all just a nation among nations. That was the Avera of Aachen. That's a terrible, that's a, that's a real... That's a serious, serious offense. Okay, so what we left off last week is that he's he's the bad guy. Okay, so <laughs> Aachen is a Russian, he's wrong, he's just a bad guy. So this week we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make a little bit more nuanced where this avir was coming from in its in, in a deeper root. And it's still listen, at the end of the day, Aachen did something wrong. So like that's not changing. But let's just have a better understanding you know it, 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 it's like this even with like you know let me la Hado el al with like literature like even movies like no one likes two dimensional characters right if you have a movie and it's just like bad guy good guy you know unless it's like uh, the whole thing is just special effects uh, those those movies flop because there's no there's no depth to the characters you know so the same thing over here like oh he's bad guy bad guy you know you should be on good guy oh, and bad guy uh, it's be more nuanced than that. So let's let's appreciate where Achin is coming from. And I mentioned that Achin that it wasn't um, the way that the way Benon figured out who Achin was, right? Because remember, I mentioned that Euchen, that that Hashem tells Yishu Benon someone took someone took from the Chayrim, someone took from from Yericho, and so Yishu Benon says to Hashem, "Tell me who it is." And Yushu, and Hashem says to Yishu Benon, "I'm not a Lashon Har. You figured out yourself. Uh, okay, so you have to make a geyrul." So the way, so it's interesting, he could have made the gyrol of like, I mean, it would have taken more time, but maybe make a gairol, put every individual person's name in a pot and just pick one out, and that will be the guy. That's not what he does. First, Yishu benon figures out what shevet we're dealing with, and then from there, what family we're dealing with, and so on and so forth, getting down to the individual person. So the, the way the gairol works is that first Yishu Benun makes a gyrol and it falls on shevet Yehuda, and then from there, all the families of Yehuda, there's a gyrol and it falls on the family of Zarah, Right, because again, going back to the history, when Yehuda, Yuda has two sons with Tamar, right? So the two sons that he has with Tamar is Peretz and Zarah, right? Peretz and Zarah. So Achan was a descendant of Zarach, so it falls on Zarah's family, and slowly but surely it falls on Achan. That's the story. Okay, so the, the first Mar M- you have. So this is from the Sefer called Mizrach Hashemesh. This is a Sefer written by Ramiya David Valley. Ramiya David Valley, means his farmer, Mamash unique, Mamish unique. He, he's a Talmud of the Ramchal. And he wrote Svarim, literally, and all of Tanakh, and every single one of Tanakh, um, all al pisaed. So mash pasuk by pasuk, all al kabal It's very, very unique, such a thing. Um, but this is a, a paragraph that he has on this, on this, on this uh, episode of Achen. So listen to what he says. There's a lot of there's a lot to unpackage over here. We're only gonna yeah. do a little bit, but it's a fascinating anyway. So he says like this. So he, first, he quotes the pasuk: "V'yikrav es mishpachas that the girl was made amongst all the families of Yehuda, right? That's the girl that Yeshubna is doing. The Yilkai Vishmacha And the family of Zarach was captured. In other words, they were like, okay, the girl fell on them. Hassoidhu. Says R the secret is as follows. We know that again Yehuda had two sons from Tamar, Peretz and Zarach. Peretz for Zarach. Now he's referencing a story that uh, we find this in Parshas Vayeshev, that when Tamar is giving birth to these twin boys, so the Pasig says as follows: that one of the boys, st- during the childbirth, mm-hmm. stuck his hand out, mm-hmm. and so the midwife, the the, the, the nurse that was uh, helping Tamar give birth, figured, okay, so, you know the, the hand, the boy, the the, the hand came out, he's going to be the firstborn. So what she does is that she ties a string on that hand so that they'll know, you know, who the firstborn is, okay? So the hand goes back in, and then the other baby comes out. So then she then, and, and then Tamar says, oh, that oh, this, this other one just like broke through barriers, you know, he was able to break through barriers, because he, he wasn't the one with the hand coming out. And the second boy comes out with the red string on his hand. So, the first boy that's born in full mm-hmm. without the red string, right? He's called Parats. Mm-hmm. And the second one is called Zarach, right? Now, Parats is the one, Parats is the one that David Melch comes from, that the whole Malchus of uh, Meshach bin David comes from, from Parats. Zarach is the other one. So it says like this Zarach haitsi es yaday tchila, right? We know Zarach puts his hand out first. And then he, then, he, then he pulled his hand back in. Obviously, he's a little baby, so he's not doing this consciously, but something, something's happening. The Now says Ramesh Dovali, if, if Zerach would have, if his head would have come out first, or most of his body would have come out first, then halachically speaking, that would be considered the firstborn. He would be as if he was completely born already. And there wouldn't be any, any kitcher. there wouldn't be any uh, any prosec- prosecution is the wrong word, but there wouldn't be anything negative to say about Zerach because, okay, he was the firstborn, finished. And there will be no hold that the other side would have on Zerach. I'll explain. But since Zerach only extends his hand out, and immediately brings his hand back in. That means the hand of Zerach became susceptible to attack by the Citra. In other words, let me explain the try a little bit. Peretz is the one through whom Malchus based David emerges. So Peretz should be the firstborn. Peretz should be the firstborn, eventually he is the firstborn. No. So that means that the fact that, Z- that Zerach, what Zerach should have done, again, we're talking about little babies, it's not a conscious thing, but in terms of neshamas, what should be happening, is that Zerach should step back and allow parents to be the firstborn. He's the firstborn. He ends up being the firstborn, so he obviously should be the firstborn. He should be the firstborn finished. The fact that Zerach puts his hand out and sticks his hand back in, it means that there's some aspect of Zerach that is jumping the gun. There's some aspect of Zerach that's that's, that's standing, that's the that's the inion of the, the, there's a concept of of the of the Malchus based David, in a mature form, in a, in a fully developed way, and that's called parrots. And Zarach, by putting his hand out first, is expressing a predisposition for whatever Yehuda stands for, but in a little bit premature, a little bit too early, a little bit a little bit un, un, underdeveloped. And that's what it means by him st- sticking his hand out. other words, like, too early, too early. It would be one thing if you were the firstborn. Okay, then you're the firstborn. Then Malchus will come from you. But the fact that you're not the firstborn, which means Malchus and what Yehuda, def- the definition of Malchus, Malchus-based David, is coming from parrots, but you are, are, are jumping the gun on parrots and sticking your hand out, it means that the hand of Zerach represents some level of whatever Malchus-based David means, but just a little bit premature, a little bit early. You follow this? That's what's going on. It, it, it's much better than the way you're it. it. would have been okay if he would have gone first. If he would have gone first, then he would b- represent all of Malchus based of it. It's, pull, the, pull it's pull. early. It's, 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 it, there's something... That what, what, by him sticking his hand out, it's what's, what, what's, what's being reflected with that, what's being shown with that, is that there's an inyan within this world of Yehuda, of a mature, developed, proper Malchus of Yehuda, but then there's also this a little bit, you know, inclination to have the Malchus of Yehuda a little bit premature, and a little bit too early, a little bit underdeveloped. And that's what it means, the hand of Zerach coming out too early. That's what it means. So let, let, let's see again. So all say, pagam this damage, uh, four lines in, this, this pagam, this, this, uh, 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 this pagam that we find now within the world of Yehuda, which is a mature, developed Concept of what Yehuda represents, which is in parats. But now we also find a niti, an inclination to an underdeveloped, premature, unsophisticated uh, 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 representation of what Yehuda means, which is in the hand of Zarach coming out and, and going back in. That pagam of the underdeveloped, premature, whatever Malchus based of it means, but a premature, underdeveloped form of it which is represented by the hand of Zarach coming out and then going back in, that finds itself in the life of Achan. So whatever was a little bit of a slight, subtle seed in the world of the Oves Daishim and by the Shvatim emerges in a very strong way in the life of the children. So this little, slight, subtle issue in the world of Yehuda, of there being some inion in the world of Yehuda of of, 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 of whatever Yehuda means to emerge a little bit too early and underdeveloped and not in the right way at the right time, that starts with the hand of Zarach coming out too early and that finds itself in a very you know, strong way, in, in a negative way, in the, in the life of Aachen. So he says like this, that pagam that was rooted in the hand of Zarach coming out too early and jumping the gun on his brother garam So that finds itself in Aachen. That caused even Aachen to sin with his hands, of going out and taking money with his hands and putting it in his pocket. Because it says, That's what the Pasuk describes. That Aachen sent out his hand and took from the money you know and, uh, for himself. So the first you ask, he sent out his hand. I, I, what did he picked up with his teeth? I mean, it, well, of course he used his hands. Why does he have to say that? So it says Ramesh Valley. no, no, because it's hinting to you where, what the root of the issue is. The root of the issue is is that Aachen is nothing, Aachen is just a, 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 he's just bringing out a subtle issue that's always been in the world of Yehuda, which is that Yehuda represents a certain Indian and its mature form and fully developed form that's in, that's in parrots. But what Yehuda represents in an underdeveloped, jumping-the-gun-too-early type of form, that's in the hand of Zarech. And that Pagam is manifesting itself in Achan's life. And that's why when Zarech when puts his hand out by the childbirth, Hamia al that's why she write, she she ties a red string on his hand why a red string shukavon hagvur vadin because red is always a color that's symbolic of Haddin, of something not uh, something that could possibly be difficult that's what red always represents, like Esav. To hint to this idea that there's some that there's some hadin now. There's some kitchen There's some prosecution that's hanging over the world of Yehuda, as we see in, in this inning of Zerach's hand coming out a little bit prematurely. And this emerges in the life of Ahan, who is a Gilgal of the hand of Zarah, the hand of Zarah. Now, this is an idea that we find straight rooted in Chazal that the nesham is a you know, you know, it's 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 like you know, I don't know what they call the language of the Eskimos, you know, but there's such a thing, right? Like I've heard this before that Eskimos have like a hundred words for snow, right? You ever heard of such a thing, right? Because whatever your Indian is, it means that you have a lot of words to describe it. Whatever, in English, it's just snow, right? Because we're not such bikim in snow. So in English, there's only one word, it's called soul, right? It's a soul, spirit, right? Why? Because uh, that's not English Is sugey. When it comes to guy, there's a lot of words, nefesh, shruach, neshama, chai, yechida. We have a lot of discourse, because that's our Indian, that's our Indian. So when it comes to the neshama also, the neshama is not just like soul, this floaty orb of light that's in your chest or something. It's a, multi, it's a, it's a complex organism that fills every little corner of your body. So there's a soul, there's a part of your soul that's connected particularly to your hand. Mm-hmm. And there's a part of your soul that's connected particularly to your left eye. You know, that's the way it goes. And so the way Golgulim work, reincarnation is, that you can be reincarnated not from a, from a particular part of someone else's soul. You could be a combination of many parts. Okay, that's not, uh, this Sugi is not for now. But, but w- what he's saying over here is that who was Achen Aachen was a Gilgal of the arm of Zerach that came out prematurely. So it's mamish that's who Ochan was. So it says what comes out of all of this. This is an Ishmael type of paragraph. We're not going to get into this too much. At least not now. lachtai According to this, it means that Aachen was predisposed to do this Seveir. It was almost, he almost had no choice but to sin with this. To send out his hand and to take something. That, that's, that, that's where he's coming from. His whole, his whole neshama is rooted in that hand of Zerach that also went out prematurely. So it's almost as if he's forced to sin. But the Shal since he's the Gilgal of Zerach's hand. Oh, for sure it's very dangerous. I probably shouldn't be saying this uh, being recorded. But I'm just putting this safer. So, I we're not going to go into this too much, but li- listen to the Psalter of how he teaches. The And because of this, says we could explain, She Yeshua Nesmali It's an amazing thing. When you read the Psukim, again, we didn't do it inside yet, but when you read the Psukim, when Yeshua Benun finally finds Achan, right, and he confronts him, he uses languages that are very sympathetic. He doesn't, like, he's a bad guy. So, you know, slap him across the face and then, you know, pick him upside down and shake out, you know, get all the loot out of his pocket. <coughs> Yeshua is very sympathetic with him. Nismali <laughs> Rahim, he has compassion upon him. Vidiba vilashin raka and speaks to him in a soft language. Kini and Amr like the Pasik, says, Listen to this Pasik. Yeshua says, This is the first time he's meeting him, right? After knowing that he caused the death of, the, of members of the sanhedrin with the city of ai and put all the jewish people in danger for for no reason just because of greed my son simna please show covet to hashem make a kiddush hashem the and, and, and admit admit give hashem you know give hashem your 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 admission no masis and please tell me what you've done Please don't hold it back from me. That's how you confront the bad guy. So he's speaking with, My son, please, make a Kedosh Hashem. Uh, he, he, why is he speaking in such nice terms? If it wasn't for the fact that Achan was almost compelled to do this because of where his Nishan was coming from, in the right hand of Achan, of, of Zerach, then why, why are you speaking to him so nicely? The answer is Yisshubin is speaking so nicely to him because Yisshubin understood he, with, the, with the eyes of Yisshubin, he was able to tell right away where Achan is coming from, and he saw that it wasn't so easy for him to overcome this. It was almost as if it was an aniness, almost, right? And this is also the explanation, the deeper explanation of what Chazal say. The next pasuk is that you know when when Achan admits and he puts and he gives back the money. But Lamaisa, he has to be punished, and he's killed in Bezdin. He's, he's, he's uh, misses Besden. So Yeshua says to him before he's killed, Ya'arkicha Hashem hayoyim hazeh, that Hashem, it's a play on a word with the name Achan, Ya'arkicha Hashem hayoyim that today Hashem has made you look ugly, before the Jewish people. So Chazal say, uh, that Yeshua says, today Hashem has made you look ugly. Hayoyim hazeh ata'okr, today you're ugly. If you but Yeshua is hitting him, but lo'elam you'll be fine. In this world, you're looking, oh, you're being killed uh, in Bezdin. You go down in, in history as being, uh, as being the no-goodnik. But in Olam Haba, you'll be fine. moving of muven Damar, why is he hinting to him that? Why is he giving him comfort at that moment? So it's all explained based on the secret that we just said, that the root of Achan was coming from the hand of Zerach. And it's, Mamele, it's almost as if he had no choice. Okay. So, Mama, Shemar, Dugazach. Okay, so like I said, that, that, that's an Ishbet Siddiq Indian, and we're not going to talk about that now. But, le, but let's, let's investigate this sin. What does this mean exactly? What, what, was the, what is this pagam, this like, this, this inion of Yehuda? Of, of, you have parrots and Zarach, right? So again, let, let's just chase over very quickly. Parrot represents a fully developed, mature, sophisticated, in its proper time, inion of Malchus Yehuda. And Zarach's hand coming out too early. Means a premature, underdeveloped, uh, less sophisticated understanding of what Yehuda, of what Malchus Yehuda means. And that Pagam that's in the hand of Zerach, says Ramesh of Avali, emerges in the life of, of, of Aachen. And so, wh- what does that mean exactly? And how does this reflect in, uh, in Achan's Aveira? So, it's like this. So I, I've spoken about this topic before, so we're, we're, it's, it's, it, it, we don't have to speak about it for too long, so uh, hopefully it'll be a little bit shorter than usual. There's, there's a discussion among... It, it, it's rooted in Chazal already, but there's a discussion amongst the Mefarshim like this. What is, you, you know... Let me take this, you know. Sholem HaMelech, like this. Sholem HaMelech was the first, if you think about it, Sholem was really the first, like, Mashiach ben David, right? I mean, he was literally... Right, the first anointed one who is the son of David. <laughs> now we find that Shlomo Melech builds the base of So In other words, let, let's put it this way: If we want to define what exactly is the ikra vaida and the Inyan of Malchus Yehuda, which is that, that's you know that's what we're talking about over here. Peretz is the fully developed, proper understanding of what Malchus Yehuda means, and Zarech's hand is a premature, underdeveloped, less sophisticated, missing the point of what Malchus Yehuda means. So what is Malchus Yud about? So the first place, the, the Iker place to look is going to be by Shlomo HaMelech. Because Sholem HaMelech is the one that establishes Malchus based Ovid in, in, its, in its developed way, building base HaMikdash and so on. What we find in Shlomo life is a very, very unique thing. Is that he was the king of the Jewish people, obviously, Tzachach Mikol adam. but the preoccupation of Shlomo life was trying to bring the whole world under Hashem's, under Hashem's canon. The, the, that was his preoccupation. Even when he builds the Beis HaMikdash, which you would think, the Beis HaMikdash, if there's anything that's Jewish, if there's anything that's unique to the Jewish people, that's, our, that's, that's by us and us alone, it's the Beis HaMikdash, right? But it's interesting, when Shlomo builds the Beis HaMikdash and makes this whole speech, on the day of the inauguration, the focus of the speech of, of Shlomo Melch is that what? Is that now this is a place, this is a house where all nations will be able to come to seek God's presence. All nations. And everywhere in the world, Jew and non Jew alike, where everyone was going to, everyone should daven and pay pilgrimage to this place. Who's he talking to? He's talking to Yidin. And his whole speech is about Gaia. More than that, Shleiman Melech, the Pasuk then says in his life, he married a thousand wives, he had a thousand wives, and every single one of those wives was coming from a different country. Why? So, Chazal already pointed this out, that the, the why? Because Shleiman Melech saw. That his purpose in life, and this is the essential function of Malchus based David, which is that what Malchus based David is not focused. It would seem is not focused on the Jewish people. The aim of Malchus based David is getting the whole world to be like the pasuk describes when Mashiach comes. That the whole world will be safa echas, Will be, speak. Will speak one language, one Amuna, one faith. Everyone to establish the whole world as part of Hashem's Malchus. That is the union of Malchus based David. I've spoken about this many times, that very often this is the conflict between M'sheikh ben Yosef and M'sheikh ben David. Do we focus on going in, or do we focus more on going out? M'sheikh ben Yosef, for example, rooted in Yosef Atzadik himself, it's it's, it's a little bit ironic, because Yosef finds himself in Mitzrayim. But his whole time in Mitzrayim, he's fighting against Mitzrayim. And he's, not allow, and he's not allowing himself to become connected to Mitzrayim. The avoid of Yosef is to become as disconnected from Egypt as possible. That's how he becomes Yosef HaTzadik. And so Yosef HaTzadik establishes a mahalach, a path within the world of Mashiach ben Yosef, which is insular, insular within yourself. And the, the, the avoid of Meshach ben Yosef is to bring more iris to Klai More iris to Klai Whereas the world of Mashiach ben David, ironically... The, the headquarters, the, the kingdom of M'sheikh bin David is what? Is in Yerushalayim, surrounded by walls, right? But the ikr focus of M'sheikh bin David is what? Is going out. Is going out. Is to bring the whole world under Hashem's canopy, which is what Shlomo Malchus is focused on. His entire Malchus is like that. And so, the, 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 the M'sheikh bin David, so this is what, so let's go back. So, this, this, this Indian of what M'sheikh bin David means, to bring the whole world under Hashem's canopy. Achan represents, again going back to the hand of Zarach, there is what that means in a mature, sophisticated, fully... um, a a deep understanding of how that process works, of how the whole world will be brought under Hashem's canopy. And there is bringing the whole world under Hashem's canopy in a less developed, less sophisticated, more simplistic, and even premature way. The premature way. Let's, let's talk about that. And that's what Zara. That's what Zarech represents, right? The hand of Zarech represents whatever Malchus based David means, whatever Malchus Yudah means, but premature and underdeveloped. What does it mean underdeveloped? This inion of Malchus based David of what of wanting to bring the whole world under the same faith. What does it mean in an underdeveloped way? Well, what it means in an underdeveloped way is that there's no difference between Jew and guy. There's no difference between a Jew and a guy. We're all basically God's creations, right? We're all, we're all created by God. This land is your land, this land is my land. Let's all just, you know, hold hands, kumbaya. There's no difference between a Jew and a guy. We're all just just here uh, to serve our Creator, and we're all the same. Now, that will get you to unify all of humanity. But that's called... But, but by, by doing so and not having a deeper understanding of the role of the Jewish people particularly in that process and understanding more subtly the difference between a Jew and a guy, despite the fact that you're trying to bring everyone under the same canopy, that's called an underdeveloped understanding of what Malchus of David means. That's the hand of Zarch and that's Achen mm-hmm. Zavera, right? Remember, what did, we, what did we say last week? That Och was, what? Uh, it's all the same. So Kenanim, Israelim, it's all the same. So, so he's like, he's just a bad guy. He's a bad guy. He's not a bad guy. That's... That's the ending of Malchus based David. The ending of Malchus based David is bringing the whole world under, under Hashem's uh, umbrella, under, uh, t- b- back to Amunah. But there's a way of understanding that in a premature and underdeveloped way. The underdeveloped way of understanding that is there's taka no divzina, juwana And that's what the hand of Zarech represents, and that's who Aachen was. And that's the, that was the flaw of Aachen. So it wasn't coming from. A, a malicious place. It wasn't coming from an evil place, trying to undermine Yiddishkeit. It was the, the avoid of Meshach bin David, but just not chapping, the oymek of, 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 of Meshach bin David. Just seeing on the outside what he's doing, which is just bringing the whole world together. Okay, so I'm going to do that too. And when you do that without chopping, without appreciating how that process should be proper, then what you do is just very simple. Everyone's the same. Let's all speak the same language. And... Uh, you know the ends justify the means. Let's just get all the people to be on the same on the same level of emuna. That that's achins are there. You follow this? That's what's going on. So what is the proper? What's the proper way? So peretz represents the proper approach, which is, which is yes, it's true that when Mashiach comes, the tachlis is the light of Hashem's of uh, the light of Amunah should be able to encompass the whole world, but that doesn't mean that Jew and Guy are the same. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that everyone is Mamish the same. Mm-hmm. So what's the pshat? So how does it work? How does it work that you bring together these two ideas of, of the Jewish people being absolutely different and unique and fundamentally separate, and the world of Mashiach and Yosef, which is about developing and deepening that intense light of the Jewish people. Then at the same time, we're also trying to fulfill the... the, the the, the job of, the mission of Mashiach ben Dov, which is to get the whole world to to, to, have, Hashem's, uh, to have Hashem's lights. Uh, how do you do this in a, in, a, in a developed way? Okay, so where we're going to go about doing this, I still have Pesach Shein, Shane Ramirez on honest to you, so you'll see, you'll see in a second, it's like this. It'll be okay, it'll be okay, it'll be okay. So Maramukah number two, this is a piece from a Sefer Yama Chach, it's from a Vichemire, there's a, there's a Yesaid, that there are two big tzaddikim, There's a, a particular site that we find in the writings of the Rizal, but there are two particular tzaddikim that really took this concept and really ran with it in a very, very strong way. And that was the Torah's Chacham, Chaim de la Rosa, Talmud of the Roshash, and the Balasulam. The The uh, um, No uh, What's his name? Uh, Ravashlak, yeah, Ravashlak, in the early 1900s big, big mekubalim, and they both had this yisait, and they developed a lot of their svarim based on this. The yisait is as follows. <clears throat> so, in Maramokka number 2, I'm not even going to try. Let's just <laughs> read it together inside, how Ravit sort of gives a marshal to explain this idea, and you'll see it's not a difficult concept. It's, it's not a difficult concept at all. The Yusai that the Tarashacham and the Baal Sulam developed their systems on could be explained in the following the following marshal. The concept is, is, I'll just give you a little bit of a synopsis and we'll see inside. The concept is, is that it's something that we find in a lot of Sifir Chasidists, which is that very often in, in order for something in order, let, let, you know, give an example. Let's say you have a Um, a room that the lights are off. Okay, so it's uh, a little bit dark, a little bit dark. So you want to be able to see your way around the room. So you need some light. Okay, so a little flashlight should be able to do the check. Fine. But let's say you have this deep cavernous pit in the middle of the Amazon jungle, in the middle of the the night. So it's Mamesh, not just the the lights are off in the room, you know what I'm saying? We're talking about real thick darkness. And Not only is it very, very thick darkness, but you want to see something all the way in the bottom. So that means that you have to be able to get light all the way in the bottom. In order to get light all the way in the bottom, then you have to start with a floodlight. Not A little handheld uh, you know, flashlight is not going to do anything, because that level light, the beam of light is only going to go so far, and it's because it's not as intense. But the more intense light that you can start with, the more automatically... It'll make itself. It'll make itself. Uh, it'll find its way all the way down there. Now, by the time it gets all the way to the bottom, it'll only be a little bit of a, of a ray of light. It's only. It's not going to be that strong, but because it started off so intensely. Because of that, eventually it'll be able to make its way all the way down to the bottom of the cave. And when it gets to the bottom of the cave, it'll be still Shvach. It's not going to be so light as it is on the top of the cave by the root, by the floodlight itself. But because the floodlight is so intense, eventually a little a little bit of that light will make its way there. You follow the marshal? So he says the Ravichmark gives a different marshal, but it's a similar idea. For Indian youth and al Dogm, we can explain the following way. You, we, we can investigate we could we could feel this within ourselves <coughs> let 's say you're're you 're you're thinking about a particular topic a topic in learning or whatever so there 's a process in the beginning so in the beginning of your like when you 're first sort of first introduced to this so get to this idea, so your brain is obviously you 're thinking about the idea, but the idea is not fully. Developed. It's not fully there yet. But the deeper you think about it, so the deeper your mind is connected to the idea, and the more of the idea takes root in your mind, so the stronger it is in your mind, then all of a sudden that idea, the stronger it is in your mind, the more then it's able to make its way to your heart. And you become emotionally moved by the idea so you see what's happening and then when your mind deepens even more the the, the attachment to the idea then the energy sort of flows even greater and then what happens is the emotions become even more intense and then it could flow even to your feet to the point of where you practically change your life because of the idea see what's going on over here so it all starts with the seichel, it all starts with the mind. But the, gr- the deeper the mind can become active and activated in this idea, the more that lo- the, the idea is able to then travel to lower parts of who you are, right? So in the beginning, when the mind is only on, let's give it, I'll give numbers, it's not, it's, it's not accurate. But let's say your mind is only engaged 30%, 33% you know, uh, of, the, of your mind is active in this idea. So you're intellectually stimulated. But then when your mind is engaged in two-thirds of your mind is engaged in in the idea now what? Now not only are you intellectually stimulated now you're emotionally stimulated. But then when your mind is engaged a hundred percent in the idea then not only are you intellectually stimulated and not only are you emotionally stimulated practically your life actually changes because of it. So you see what's going on? The tachlis is to get all the way to the bottom of your life which means that your actions should be changed, but how do your actions change? Your actions change by the intensification of the light in your mind. You follow this? The more your mind is uh, is, is engaged in the idea, the more automatically it flows to the, your heart, and then it overflows to your feet, so to speak. So the, that, but you can't. But the, the, So the tachlis is. So you, you, so you can think of it like this: If you're focused on the, the on the outside and sort of the the, 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 um, the parts of the person's life that's becoming more engaged, then you're, what you're seeing is a urida. Because it started off that it was just the intellectual part of him that was engaged. Oh. And then it moves to a lower part of who he is, his emotional part. And then it moves to an even lower part, his practical life is changing. So in terms of, of the effect, right, in terms of the kalem, so to speak, right? it's moving lower and lower and lower. But the reason why even lower parts of who he is is becoming active is because the highest part of who he is, the intellect, is becoming even more engaged. Do you follow this? So the the, the more the mind is becoming engaged in the idea, so the more you see its effects in lower parts of who you are. So there's an inverse relationship, so to speak, between the R, between the light of what's going on inside of him, and the Kalim, and the practical side of who he is. As time moves on, the lower, lower aspects of his life are becoming more focused, right? And I- initially, his, his mind, his intellectual life was engaged in this idea. And then his emotional life was engaged in this idea. And then his practical life is engaged in, in his idea. So in terms of the kalem, of the, of, the of the outside, the lo- it, it, it's, it's sort of as if lower parts of who he is is becoming more uh, focused, but the reason why the lower parts of who he is is becoming more engaged is why is because really the deepest part of who he is, which is the mind, is becoming intensified in its connection to this idea of all this. So the more light is, is, is focused on top, the more automatically there'll be spillover lower. That's the way it goes. So he says like this. Hine, so it comes out, uh, three lines before the end of the paragraph. Harei toikev the 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 strength and the real... Uh, you know, high percentage of, of the mind being activated, The hundred percent of his mind is only activated at the very end. But how do you see the effect of now that it's hundred percent of the mind? You don't see it in the mind. Right? Because what you see, how do you know that the mind is becoming more intensified in its attachment to this idea? The way you see it is is in the spillover in the lower levels, right? When I see him, when I see him become emotionally excited by something, that's a way for me to know, oh, it means, it means, it means a higher percentage of his brain is being active in this idea. And when I see him actually fit, act, actually changing his practical life, then that tells me, oh, that means 100% of his mind is active. So it all ultimately is being, is being determined based on how much of his mind is is completely act, activated and enraptured in this idea. But the way, but the more, the higher the percentage of 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 enrapture of in, uh, in and and uh, commitment it is in his mind, the more I see that dafka by lower parts of his life. That's the way it is. That's the way it is. The way, the fact, now that he's 100% engaged in his mind, I see that in the fact that his his physical actions have been changed. Because this is how how lower parts of you are changed, not by focusing on the lower parts, but by deepening the the higher part of who you are, and the male, there's natural spillover to the lower parts of who you are. That's what's going on over here, just like the floodlight, right? If I want to get light all the way on the bottom of the cave, then I have to have a very, very intense light on top. And the deeper the intense light is on top, the more I can make that light intense, the more automatically there'll be spillover, and, and, and the light will be able to find its way all the way down in the cave. Now, when it gets all the way down to the cave, that's not so... Uh, it's, only a, it's only a small little ray of light over there, but it only got there because of the intense light that exists on top by the floodlight itself. You follow this? That's the mash. So, b- based on this idea, this is exactly how the relationship between the Jewish people and the nations of the world between M'shayich bin Yosef and M'shayich bin David should be seen in a fully developed form. Of course, M'shayich bin David is right. Shlomo Melch is right. The Tachlis is that the light of Yiddishkeit should spread to every, the farthest corners of reality. But you know how you get the light of Torah to the farthest corner of reality? By making, by, 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 making that, by, by, by making that floodlight, by making that nuclear power plant of Kedusha by the Jewish people that much more intense. When you make it that much more intense, then it automatically will spill over to every single corner of the world. It's not the pshat. By, the the Avaita is not by, by spreading thin the light of Yiddishkeit to every nation. That's that's Ochen's problem. That's the uh, that's Zerach's hand going out prematurely. That, that's that's not a fully that's not a deep understanding of how this process works. So if all you want is what is to get every uh, guy to believe in Amuna, okay. So so, so the, the 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 underdeveloped the Ochen version of that is what. Okay, so let's just let's just preach that everyone is the same, and we'll figure out ways to get everyone on the same page. But that's not malchus-based David in its mature form. The mature form of malchus-based David is a malchus that unites itself with the understanding and the maturity of Meshach ben Yosef to realize that it's true we want to get the word of Hashem all the way to, uh, to the Amazon rainforest. But how do you get there? By making klai mamish deep and holy and intense, then the light of the Jewish people automatically will spill over. And the greater we are, the more automatically it'll spill over. And if you want to get it, you want to get the light of the, of, of klai all the way to the Amazon rainforest, then you better be a nuclear power plant of kedusha. And the stronger you are, automatically the light spills over. Just like in the marshal of of Shemar. if you want a person's life to practically change because of an idea, then that idea better be intense in his mind. If it's 100% of your mind engaged in that idea, it'll make its way to your feet. But if it's only a third of your mind engaged, it's only going to stay in your mind. And if it's two-thirds of your mind, it'll make its way to your heart. But you want to have your feet changed, you want to be able to have an idea change your life on a cold, uh, rainy day when there's no inspiration and there's no heart, it's just feet, then that idea, your mind, better be 100% engaged in that idea. And the idea must be so intense in its root... That the spillover just goes everywhere, that's the idea, and this is exactly what Malchus based David in a fully developed form means. It means that you want to marry a thousand women from uh, all the nations of Rosh Hashanah. Maybe it's a good idea, but only when, only. uh, But but realize that the only way how that's going to work is if the Jewish people's kedusha within itself, the Mashiach Ben Yosef, is uh, is 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 deepening and becoming more stark with all of that, and that's how it's going to happen. This is this is the and this is why. Let's understand Aachen's mistake. Davka, is in the city of Yericho. The city of Yericho is a city, and is a city that's that. that as we mentioned, we talked about this before. The city of Yericho is a city that's, that's somehow connected with converts. It's connected with converts. of uh, hazaina uh, uh, is safe in the city. She eventually she eventually becomes the me, the wife of Ben-Nun, which is interesting because Ben-Nun is what is coming from the world of Yosef. He's a, he's from the tribe tribe of Ephraim, Mashiach Ben Yosef. So we have this like conflict over here. That what Aachen should have done is what? Is accepted the decision of Yeshua ben Nun of leaving the money of Yericho untouched. See, Aachen represents Moshech ben David. Yeshua represents Moshech ben Yosef. What should have happened is Aachen realizing that the way to be Makar of the whole world is by starting and deepening the Kedushah Sisro within the Jewish people. And then automatically they will be over to the rest of the world. And you'll be able, and again, you could even be proactive about it. Just like Shomech, you could proactively marry a thousand women, you know, and you could proactively make speeches about bringing the whole world under the Jewish people's canopy. But realize that your strength of doing that is coming because of the deepening of the internal strength of the Jewish people. So it's not just, I'm not saying the philosophy of just keep it within and then just wait for you know, the whole world to catch up to you. No, there, there could be a Kira process of going out to the world, but understand that that of process is being fueled by the deepening of kedusha yisrael within our borders, and that's the, that, that's the breakdown, unfortunately, between Achin and Yir, and Shubanon representing that union of kedusha yisrael within ourselves, Mashiach bin yasef and Achin should have realized that that's not a conflict with his with his shita of Mashiach bin David. That's that that that's how that's how this process works. A couple more minutes, if you know, again, if someone has to leave, it's, it's okay. But just I want to finish up. So Marimocha number three, it's Ravit Shemar over there in, in the Ha'ara. Again, this is from Yamachach Motav Shanaim Bez, page Reish So in the Hari, he says like this uh, using this idea to explain uh, a phenomenon that we, uh, we experience. With this to the Balasulam, Ravashlag explains, it's a little bit of a mistake. So there's a very, very famous and well known problem, which is that we want Mashiach to come, we believe Mashiach will come, and the problem is that he hasn't come for earlier generations. They were much bigger tzaddikim. Like I was talking about on Shabbos, read the We're getting worse and worse and worse. And so how is it possible the Mashiach didn't come for them, but he's going to come for us? Right? It's a famous question. He says like this, It's not true. The earlier generations are much greater than us. And you're right the way Mashiach is going to come is still going to be through the tzaddikim that are doing their avodah, they're continuing their avodah in Ganeidim. But, here, but here's the process. Here's the process. Ela. <speaking in Hebrew> As the generations go on, <speaking in Hebrew> So the later generations, we find ourselves lower and lower and lower in that, in that cave, right? Lower and lower and lower. The early generations were the intellect. The later generations were the emotions and we're mom's defeat right so the way it works is vna aydeya avoid this doors a khrainam yisifulastak and akel mataqtainam ya the nim sshid qam ma khna and mat bekelmal ya nim in other words in simple language what the way the way he's explaining is is that there's a relate there's a partnership between us and the earlier generations it's true you want the takhlas of the way gula happens is that what is that, that light that light of the mind should be able to find its way all the way to the feet. So because of that, you need Yidden to be doing uh, the work of the feet. But the work of the feet is not disconnected from what's going on in the mind. Adarabah. The way the light will eventually make its way to the bottom of the person's feet is Adarabah because the mind is becoming even more engaged in that light. Do you follow this? Right? So our relationship between the tzaddikim of early generations is like one big body. They are the head, and we are the feet, and the the tachlis is for the for for more light to descend to the head, and for it to spill over to lower parts of the body. So our avayda is to make room for that light in the feet, because otherwise, there's like a there's like um you know in the conveyor belt, it's like a it's a blockage. You want more light to come to the head of the head of the Jewish people to the tzaddikim of earlier generations in Gan Eden, but there's only but if there's no room for that spillover... Then, then, it's, then the rabbinical is not going to give that light. In other words, because of this idea, let me explain. Because of this idea that the more light comes to the top, automatically there's spillover to lower levels, so that means that there has to be, in order for Hashem to allow more light to come on top, he has to be guaranteed that there's room for that spillover to go somewhere. Otherwise, it's just it's, it's a flood. So there needs to be room for that light to spill over. So therefore you need people in order for the the mind to receive more light, it means that you have to make sure that your heart is ready for the spillover of that light. And for the mind to to receive even more light, then you have to make sure that your feet are ready to receive the spillover of that light. So this is historically also the same process. The Rabbanisha wants to give light the, the biggest light of all, which is the light of redemption, to the head of the Jewish people, which are the Tzaddikim and Gan Eden, it's But he has to make sure that the feet are prepared to receive the spillover of that light. And that's our job. Our job down here are the feet of the Jewish people, and we have to make sure that the feet of the Jewish people are prepared to receive the spillover of the light of Gula when it goes to the head of the Jewish people in Gan Eden. So it's not the shot that like, they didn't make it, we'll be the ones to do it. It's, all one st- it's still one big process. And we're, ev- as the generations go on, we're just making sure that lower parts of that collective body are prepared to receive the spillover of what's going to come to that top light. That's so what's going God on. To actually change that. Huh? So then our would be to actually make the change. The, 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 the That's what the Baal said. He said that the early generations, by the times of Chazal, for example, their Ikra Avoidus Hashem was in learning. And then later generations, their Ikra Hashem was a spilus, was in the emotional tefillah. And the Baal said, but our Avoidus now, in our generations, this is the Baal already, is what? Is Lamaise, Mitzus Maiseas. Because what we're doing is prepare, you need to make, again, like I said, if Hashem's giving light above, then he has to make sure that there's room for the spillover because there's going to be spillovers. There has to be room for that spillover to go somewhere productive. So that's our job to excavate more area to allow that light to flow and for not to be just uh, stuck up there and just, you know, uh, crazing, uh, creating chaos up there. There has to be room for, 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 it to, for it to descend. Let's finish off very, very quickly. So what is Pesach Sheni? So we start with Pesach Sheni. The Zariah says Pesach Sheni is what? Uh, what's greater, the regular Pesach or the real Pesach? The answer is the Indian of Pesach Sheni is that the light of Pesach is so intense is that it f- spills over all the way to a month later. So, what you, so the, the, it's, it's the same process of the, of the inverse. When it comes to Pesach Sheni Ma'amesh on the outside, what's, what's, uh, w- which, w- where is Pesach more experienced in a strong way? Of course, the Ikra Pesach. But the fact that the Iker Pesach is able to make itself known, even on a small scale, on a very, a very subtle scale, it's able to make itself known all the way, what, a month later in Pesach Sheni. that's a simon of how deep the light of Pesach is originally. And so this is what's going on. Says the Zarak Kaddish, in a certain sense, Pesach Sheni is the deepest yontif. Because what, by Pesach Sheni reveals to you how deeply intense the light of Pesach is right now. That it's able to make itself known even a month later. If Pesach, it, it knows, it's the same thing. How, how will we know if the light of the Jewish people, if the light of Amunah gets all the way to the Amazon rainforest, that's a semen of how great the Jewish people are, right? If our light is so strong and so intense that it can make itself known even in the Amazon rainforest. Pesach is so strong that it can make itself known even in Pesach Shein. So therefore, in Pnimius the light of Pesach that is being revealed in Pesach Sheini is in a certain sense deeper than what it was in regular Pesach. Because as time goes on, the light of Pesach is becoming stronger and stronger and stronger. And that's why there's so much spillover and it emerges even a month later. So even on the the outside, of course, Pesach Rishon is the Iker Pesach. Just like uh, like in a certain sense, the mind is more chashev than the feet. But if you want to know how deeply attached the mind is to that idea, look at the feet. And if you see the feet moving, it means that, that the mind is 100% engaged. So if you want to know how deep Pesach is right now, Pesach is, the, is much deeper now than it was a month ago. Vaharaya, it's making itself known a month later. That's what's going on. So there's, there's, the, the more intense it is in its root, the more you'll be able to see its after effects and its spillover. In places that you wouldn't otherwise expect. It's all one big light. No, that's the, that. But that's the That's the turrets of the Zara Kaddish, That Pesach Sheni is still the Iker, and Pesach, uh, Pesach Rishon is still the Iker. But Pesach Rishon is becoming. It, Pesach Sheni is the way how which you know that Pesach Rishon has now been just unbelievably <laughs> intensified. So that's what's going on over here. That maybe by connecting to Pe- maybe Pesach Sheni is the best thing to do because Pesach Sheni is connecting you to that much more intense light of what Pesach is now. K'mas Shmuel or not? Pesach Sheni came from the Seder Bilatata from our request, right? By people making room for that spill over, exactly. So Pesach becomes greater through Pesach Sheni, just like. Pesach Sheni, right? As, I mean, as Pesach. Pesach didn't end by, 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 by Nissan. Every single day, that light is intensifying. And when it comes to a month later, the light is so intense that it breaks through the surface. And it breaks through the surface as Pesach Sheni. So in a certain sense, the light of Pesach is deeper now than it, than it was a month ago. Because it's Vaharaya, it's making itself known in the Amazon rainforest. So that, that's what's going on. That's what the Zerah is telling us, that in a certain sense, Pesach Sheni is deeper than Pesach Rishon. This is also the name of a Merbalaness, No? So Remeir, okay, you see, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Balanes. So Balanes. It's a funny thing. Remeir Balanes is Remeir. <laughs> it's like wait, Remeir Bal. Remeir Balanes is Remeir from the Gemara, right? Rabbi Kiver, Remeir, Remeir. The Gemara says about Remeir that we don't pass him like Remeir. La Da'ita. Remeir was the name. Remeir doesn't means light, but Remeir doesn't mean light. Remeir means the source of light. Remeir was so deep. He had such oimek he, he to him that the chachamim could not understand what he was talking about. Remeir, even, even his Talmidim, the Gemara says, was able to make 150 kavuh to prove that a sharetz is tar. Sharetz is talmid. It says in Pasuk, a sharetz is tamme. But he can make a kavuh to prove that a sharetz is tar. We're talking about, we're talking about a mind that's, that, the, the depth of that mind. We don't possibly like him because he's so deep. But yet, that same Rameer from the famous, he's called Rameyar Balanes, why? Because t- uh, told Balanes, uh, he told everyone, if you, if you lost a little button, then just give a little penny to say Tzedakah, and you'll find your button. So you see what's going on over here? Davka Rameer, whose light is so intense in its origin, because of that, Davka, because of that, that light is able to emerge by a posh the Yid that's looking for a button. The same Remer that we don't possibly like him because he's so deep. So I don't get it. Is Remer the deepest person in the world? Or or is he dealing with mamish, uh, trivial matters? The, that's why people have this like disconnect. There's Rameir in the Gemara who's a deep, profound thinker. He's a Tanna. Then you have Rameir Balanes where you go have barbecues. Like that's there's like a two separate. It's not two separate because Rameir Balan because Rameer is so deep, the light of Rameir therefore spills over all the way to a yid that's barely religious. That's just you know uh, doing this thing and connecting to Rameir Balanes where the light of Rameir is so intense that it finds its way all the way to a person that's looking for a button and he says, the the God of Rameir should answer me." Who's the God of Rameir? The deepest God of all. And the deepest God of all is the one that's going to answer you to find your button. That's the only God that's going to answer you. Because in order to find your button, it means that Elokos has to find its way, has to emerge in that small little Amazon rainforest part of your life, which is called finding a button. The only way for the light of God to emerge there is if it's coming from a much deeper place that's called Rameir. Says Davka Lekar D'Ramayim. That is a secret of Pesach Sheni. That's Nivochan. That's what's going on over here. No, Hashem should help us. we to have a a lech to get Pesach Sheni and all the iris that is that's being activated in Shemayim, Shataka surface and emerge in our life and even mamish yifuts my nesechachutz and mamish in chitzonis mamish bebius kal tzadik Ramayim we made all.